Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet and you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Week four of the fantasy football season is here, and so are we. The Waiver Wired podcast on the Extra Points Podcast Network. I'm Jen Piacenti, your host, and joining me, my co-host, Eddie Murphy, at that Eddie Murphy on Twitter. Eddie, Time to check in. How did your fantasy football teams do this weekend? Well, in my league, they're all, all my best friends, my main league that I care the most about. I finally got a win. I got off the schneid. Uh, thanks, much thanks to CeeDee Lamb, uh, who did, well, not entirely, because I am a Giants fan. Uh, and Sal was at that game and got to see his team win, which led me to wearing a piece of tuna on my head for the first two pots today. But uh, that CeeDee Lamb touchdown did put me over. Finally notched my first one in that league. Um, I had a rough couple uh, games in my other leagues. But, you know, overall, it, I think fantasy and we'll get into this, but, you know, offenses have been struggling around the league. And uh, I think, you know, there's some some people, some, you know, uh, household names that we expect to do really well have not been doing as well early on. So um, it's been a struggle, I think, feel like for everyone. But, uh, yeah, finally happy to get that win in that, that main league. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to get into this, uh, the strange start to the season. But first, because it is the morning after the big game, Eddie, I have to gloat a little bit. Yeah, go the ahead. Cowboys took it to your Giants uh, with a backup quarterback uh, on your home turf. Uh, and we gave you plenty of opportunity, too. But uh, we came through in the end. So good job by my boys, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was dead, dead wrong about Cooper Rush. I thought he was one of the worst backups. I, I and you know, it was strange when uh, Dak goes down. They don't make the move for Jimmy G or somebody, and they they keep him. And I guess the staff knew they were right. They had a guy that was comfortable there. Um, he looked really good. Their the pass rush looked really good. Uh, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence had an awesome game versus Evan Neal. Uh, the Giants just cannot win in prime time. The Giants just cannot win versus the Cowboys as of late. It's very frustrating. I wanted that game very, very badly at home. Uh, anytime the Giants wear a uniform that's not their regular home or away, they always lose. So uh, I know the color rush jerseys look great, but they're just bad luck. Daniel Jones, you know, statistically, maybe not eye-popping, but I it, one of the better games I've seen him play, he kept them in that game because uh, the offense line was just absolutely brutal. Uh, you're throwing to David Sills and Richie James. Like, it's bad, bad news bears all around for the Giants and uh, besides Saquon, too. So that was – it was frustrating, but the good news is they're playing Chicago next week. Uh, they're struggling mightily, and uh, I think they can win that game and head to London versus the Packers 3-1. Uh, and one. So I'm not too upset. I, I would sign up for – if you told me preseason going to London, you'd be 3-1, and one, I would say I'd take that. So would you say, though, that the Cowboys are the Giants' daddy? Would you say that, Eddie? As of late, but, you know, I'm getting up there in age, and I I just really can't remember (laughs) the last time I've seen the Cowboys win a meaningful game. Uh, And I do remember the Giants' 07 Super Bowl and the Giants' 2012 Super Bowl, and I do remember a lot of bad Cowboy playoff losses. So, um, you know, for the time being, I'm still kind of happy. But lately, yes, lately they have been the the daddy of of the Giants. Giants, I mean, frankly, the entire NFC East has pretty much been the daddy of the the Giants. I'm wondering now if that has to do with the fact that uh, Cousin Sal hasn't been showering. Right. Because I understand that he thinks we shower too often 
And uh, my, my guess is that in order for the Cowboys to win this game, he wore a stanky, stanky Cowboys jersey for a week or two, uh, got it on the plane where I'm sure it's full of all kinds of gross, nasty germs, then probably rolled around in his hotel bed and bedroom and then went to a nasty stadium and got us the win. So, Sal, continue. Don't shower. He definitely was wearing like uh, an old Tony Romo jersey or something. But yeah, the the showering convo. Yeah, that it actually was it. Tony Romo's full of Tony Romo sweat and everything. I mean, I'm sure he he really did it. Thank you, thank you, Sal. Uh, he took yeah, one he, for the team. He wore yeah, he wore the game used Tony Romo jersey. But uh, yeah, the, the 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 showering topic came up because of of my, me wearing that that tuna steak on top of my head for about three hours which was pretty gnarly and uh, there was you know they were saying oh eddie's pretty clean sounds like eddie's clean he showers multiple times a day and he obviously listened to last week's waiver bar where we said that and everyone <laughs> i guess besides martin thought that we were crazy but martin takes it a step further and he says he showers in, during the summertime he hits like four or five showers a day every time he leaves the house he comes back in and showers and like that to me is a little i knew martin was our people i yeah. knew it i knew yeah. martin was our people yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you, Martin. Um, okay, getting back to fantasy. Uh, fantasy impacts of this game. Actually, there's a few. First off, everybody that said Zeke was washed, he sure as heck didn't look washed last night. Tony Pollard looks like an inspiration. And personally, it looks to me like this Dallas run game is going to be really hard to contain. The Giants have now moved into the position where they have allowed the third most rushing yards per game. So when you're targeting player props, you're targeting lineups, start sits, you will want to start your running backs versus this Giants run defense. Their passing defense is still pretty decent. Um, they do have a decent defense. In fact, for half this game, it was all about the defenses. There was no offense. So we went into the halftime six to three. Um, so Giants, there's still a lot of fantasy goodness there. Now, unfortunately, and this actually really bums me out, you guys lost Sterling Shepard, it looks like, for the season. Uh, this guy cannot catch a break, and he's so good. And as you said, Kenny Galladay dropping that 21-yard third-down convert. I mean, what a frustration. I think, unfortunately, Richie James probably is the target there if you're in a deep league and you need a receiver. This is the waiver Wired podcast, so we will be talking a lot of waiver Wired picks today. But for fantasy... Um, and as a, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I have to ask myself, do I want Dak Prescott to come back in week four? My answer is no. I want him to take more time. Cooper Rush is doing a perfectly competent job. He's even supporting our fantasy stats. And you could even make a claim for Noah Brown. He's been incredibly consistent with Cooper Rush. Maybe it's only for a week or two, but I think he's worth an ad in deeper leagues. I'm totally with you on that, Jen. I think, you know, number one, Kellen Moore to me was calling great plays. Um, even with the Dalton Schultz injury and Gallup was supposed to be mm-hmm. back, you, right. you figure going to that game, we'd be, you, you know, you guys would be struggling. And he just found a way to game plan perfectly. Um, and I think Dalton Schultz should be back. So that, that'll help things out. Cooper, uh, Cooper Rush looked great. The running game looked absolutely awesome. I mean, Zeke is not finished. Zeke has that. He has like, it's hard to bring him down. Like the first guy that hits him does not bring him down. And then you have the burst of Pollard, that running attack is going to be so electric uh, for them going forward. You know, CeeDee Lamb had that drop, but then, he, you know, the one-headed catch in the end zone, he came on strong. Noah Brown's been a delight for the Cowboys, so I think there's no reason to, to rush back Dak uh, whatsoever. And then on the reverse side, like you mentioned a couple things, the Giants receivers, your, your hope, you know, is that Tony comes back because he would be the guy. Um, obviously, Wondell Robinson, they drafted two. He's still banged up. I'm not sure about their status yet uh, versus the Bears, but, you know, the, the running game for the Giants is going to have to 
do everything going forward. So the, the receiving core right now, I don't think they're going to go pick up anyone. So right now, I mean, Kenny Galladay, you, you had your shot. You, you talked a lot. Uh, it was a me- public media thing and you dropped two balls that went your way, even playing way more snaps. So I, I, I just think Giants receivers are not the play in fantasy right now. Maybe down the line though, like if you need a, t- a streaming tight end option, like Daniel Bellinger at tight end, like Daniel Jones did look to him a bunch. He did have the touchdown um, two weeks ago. So, I mean, they're, you know, he could be the option, but right now the passing game is not looking great. Saquon Barkley remains the RB2 for the fantasy football season, only just behind Nick Chubb. So if you got Saquon Barkley in round two, congratulations. I hope his uh, health continues to hold up because he will win comeback player of the year at this rate. He looks phenomenal. It's certainly not going to be Jameis Winston with his four broken ribs and throwing picks all the time. Anyway, I digress. Um, I want to talk about another team. Are the Jaguars good, Eddie? I think the Jaguars are good. I think their defense is finally here. And I think, you know, the the number one thing, too, is, I mean, the defense on the field, number one, but really it's the Doug Peterson addition and the subtraction Mm -hmm. of Urban Meyer. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks closer to Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, And to me, and I know you've been talking about him quite a bit, and we talked about it way, way, way back in the offseason, now uh, three, four, five weeks ago maybe, and uh, James Robinson. The value you're getting from James Robinson coming off the Achilles, everyone was super high in Travis Etienne, who did not play football all of last year. James Robinson's healthy. He is one of the most productive backs in the league, and it's, I mean, making life for Trevor Lawrence a lot easier, and so was the addition of Christian Kirk and stuff, which we called out a couple weeks ago as well, but they're they're kind of forming into a nice team and a very winnable AFC South. And more importantly, they are even forming into an incredible fantasy t- uh, football supportive team. And there's a lot of reasons why. So let's start with James Robinson, like you were talking about. Currently the RB3 on the season. Uh, if you drafted him, you got him in like the 12th round. He's winning you your league right now because of how poorly the RB position has been performing. We talked last week about running back position versus wide receiver position. And in PPR leagues, there are still three wide receivers that have scored more than Nick Chubb. So that's getting better, evening out a little bit more, but it's still crazy. There are six wide receivers that have scored the same or more than James Robinson. So Jaguars right there, the running back, uh, juicy, juicy. Christian Kirk, the wide receiver six on the season. Who saw this coming? Everyone just made fun of them and how much money they paid him. This guy is balling out. He is clearly the number one on the field for more than 90% of snaps, massive target share. I don't see that changing. Um, Trevor Lawrence himself, QB 10 on the season, QB four for this weekend, finished with the third best passer rating, 115 and a half. And he has the seventh best completion rate on the season so far. And as you pointed out, he was one of the top prospects ever to come out at this position. People were saying, this is a guy that cannot lose in the NFL. This is a guy that, okay, maybe he won't be the best quarterback in the NFL, but there's no way he fails at the NFL level. And after last year, we were like, were we, was every scout ever wrong about Trevor Lawrence? But to your point, I think we may not have estimated enough how bad Urban Meyer was for that team, how much of a cancer he probably was in the clubhouse. Because now with Doug Peterson, who's don't a good coach, it's not like he's Bill Belichick. He's not a genius. He's a good coach. It is night and day. And Trevor Lawrence is someone available in 42% of leagues. You need to go make your move. But here might be my favorite pickup of the week. And it's Zay Jones. So, you know, who thought that, again, 
that Trevor Lawrence could support two wide receivers. But this kid has been absolutely balling out. He's available in basically every league. You can get him. He's 98% available. He had 11 targets, 10 catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown, and a 22.6% target share on the season. He finishes the wide receiver five for the week. So, you know, that's higher than Justin Jefferson. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, CeeDee Lamb. He's just someone that you want to go ahead and put your claims in for. We have to buy into this Jacksonville offense. Now this week they have the Eagles. Are the Eagles legit? Are they going to stop this train, Eddie? Well, we did see the Eagles give up a fair amount of points earlier in the season. Obviously their last game versus uh, the commanders, they looked a lot better, but you know, this Jaguars team, I, I, I do have faith in them, you know, and you, you made a, I mean, an awesome point, Jen, like it, it's Urban Meyer was so bad last year that, Trevor Lawrence, one of the top prospects ever, like literally ever in our lifetime, especially coming into this draft, we like forgot about him. Like we were not talking about him. It was all about, you know, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and all the other good young quarterbacks. And Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the guy. And he was just like, no one even thought negative or positively. There was just no talks about him. So when I see him playing like this and like right now he's on, you know, he's could, he could end the year with like almost a 70% completion percentage. He could end the year with 4,500 passing yards, like, you know, the mid 30 touchdown range. And, and you said he's available in 42% of leagues. Like if you're playing at a 10, 12 league team league, you probably didn't draft him and, and try to start him. But if maybe you took a flyer on him, and you took a quarterback late, like he's a guy in keeper leagues. You could definitely keep him because next year he's going to be definitely a starter. I think at this projection. So that's why, when you and you add guys like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, like he's making them good because this is what we expected out of Trevor Lawrence here. Um, so I think going into this Eagles game, like I I think we can kind of put that like rough patch for the Jaguars behind us, like that whole very strange year with Urban Meyer. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be this guy going forward for the remainder of his career, and he's a guy that could turn you know Zay Jones type receivers into better players because that's how good he is. And again, it helps that having defense is playing very well. It helps having James Robinson is so effective. Um, so I, and Doug Peterson, Super Bowl you know Super Bowl winning coach, like that that really matters. So um, the revenge game for Doug Peterson versus the Eagles, uh, I like the Jaguars to I mean they're going to give them a really tough game this is going to be a good one I think it's going to be a good one too okay everybody we'll be right back after this quick break all right listen whatever you're betting teasers over under do it through Caesars because they have all the names Caesar himself Cleo the Mannings Henrik Lundqvist and now yours truly yes against all odds is now a proud member of the Caesars empire and you know what it is that sets Caesars sportsbook and casino apart from the others it's the perks It's the only sports betting app with Caesars rewards. So every time you place a bet, win or lose, you get reward credits, which could use towards game tickets, bonuses, experience, free stays at iconic Caesars destinations and more. And your very first bet. Check this out, Harry. It's on Caesars up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you a thousand tier credits and a thousand reward credits putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. So download the app, use promo code CZRFULL, and go full Caesars this season. Oh, and Caesars Sportsbook and Casino plays by the rules. They comply with all the legalities of the sports betting world. So here comes the lengthy, unabridged, national responsible gaming disclaimer. Yes, you must be physically present in Arizona. Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, and Washington, D.C. 
Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Yes, you have to know when to stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, or if you know someone who has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Maryland, visit MarylandGamblingMDGamblingHelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net, Arizona. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700, Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Iowa. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF, Louisiana. Call 1-877-770-STOP, Michigan. Call 1-800-270-7117, New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. Visit C-O-N-N-E-X-Ontario.ca or call 1-866-531-2600 or text C-O-N-N-E-X to 247-247. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Let's see. There's so many things to get to today. Let's stick with the quarterback position for a little bit. Um, Let's talk about some news amongst quarterbacks and then talk about some waiver claims for quarterbacks and just kind of what's going on with the quarterback position. First piece of news. um, We already talked about Dak Prescott could return in week four. Not sure I'm a fan of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zach Wilson is supposed to return in week four. To be honest, not really sure I'm a fan of that either because we have had success from people like Tyler Conklin, who has run the second most routes tied with Travis Kelsey this year, only behind, you know, our boy, Mark Andrews, who we love. And um, Conklin led the Jets receivers. And it's because the Jets have led the league in passing attempts, 155. They're they're playing from behind. Sometimes they're even winning. They're upsetting things. I, I don't know. I'm a little nervous about my skills position players, about Garrett Wilson. The only thing I'm sort of excited about is maybe Elijah Moore will become relative again, relevant again. Yeah, I mean, like the the one good thing is I don't think 
the Jets uh, as a team are going to go, well, like Zach Wilson, the guy we drafted second overall, like, well, no, we can't throw the ball this much. Like, that's only Joe Flacco's role. Like, I, I think Zach Wilson will throw the ball a ton now. I'm not sure, number one, obviously rushing back from an injury, how effective he'll be. Right. Um, you know, could the Steelers' defense maybe show up in this game? That also could be a factor. But when the Jets have the amount of weapons they do, you have to be able to throw the ball downfield. And I think this decision is almost forced because it seems like, they were on kind of a high after that that Cleveland Browns victory, and then obviously they lose last week to the Bengals. So I think it's a decision the coaching staff kind of felt the pressure of the media and the fans, like, all right, we got to just force the kid back in. We got to put him back in, which for fantasy, like you're mentioning, it may not be the best thing, but ultimately we knew eventually we were going to get Zach Wilson back. Uh, and this game will show us a lot. Is he, is he going to throw the ball 30 to 35 times uh, at minimum like Flacco has been doing? Like that's going to dictate everything because we want to see Garrett Wilson is like basically a guy who you can plug in every single week now and not think about it as a starter. We don't want to see that to be changed. But if Elijah Moore is now, um, you know, in a factor, then that's going to be a, a positive thing. But I, I tend to lean like we've seen what he did at BYU, um, you know, limited time in the NFL, but some really nice throws. I think Zach Wilson has the arm talent to to at least get the ball to these guys and, you know, keep up what the receivers have been doing. Tua Tagovailoa, uh, currently the QB5 on the season, has just exceeded all expectations, even those who had high expectations for him so far. A major upset victory versus the Bills. But you got to ask, you know, this whole, I don't know, like there needs, I think there's a TMZ story about it now, this controversy about the fact that should Tua have even come back into the game, the guy did not look right. And McDaniel's saying, oh no, it was his back and his ankle or whatever that were bothering him. It wasn't the concussion. Okay, that is sketchy. And what can you expect from a guy who doesn't shower, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sketchy. Sketch. Uh, I, so, I, that that hit live was pretty gross. Um, well, that the hit right, but like his him getting up off the field trying to walk didn't know he clearly didn't know where he was. You saw the teammates kind of react like he needs kind of help. Him falling down. Um, if your back hurts, you put your hand in your back. He may be on the ground rolling in pain. Ankle. He's going to be hobbling. He wasn't really doing that. He was like a guy that looked like he got his bell rung and didn't know where he was. I, I was shocked that he came back in that game, and I think. I'm not trying to call out the Dolphins staff, but I think, you know, they obviously are very thrilled with how he's been playing, how the team's been playing, and they didn't want to screw that up. And I guess they just kind of rushed to it back. And I know there's a lot of protocols now, but I am floored that he was back in that game. And, you know, I think that we just, in general, coaches need to stay, take a step back. I think, like, they're all excited that they're winning. Like, because Justin Herbert, okay, let's talk about this. Justin Herbert should not have been playing that game first off. Agreed. Okay. Number two, he certainly should have had, shouldn't have stayed in the game after it was clear it was a route, mm -hmm. right? How is this benefiting your team? And I know that Staley's argument is, well, he wanted to finish the game. I don't care. You're the coach. It's like being a parent. Well, oh, but my kid wanted a third scoop of ice cream. I don't care. You're the parent. You take care of them. That is your job. Be a leader. I get that the QB, you know, you want to support him, all that kind of stuff. But this is the same team that gave a shot to Tyrod Taylor that basically ended his career. Maybe you guys need to think about protecting your quarterbacks. That is valuable, valuable, valuable. And by the way, it's terrible for fantasy managers who are trying to decide how healthy is Justin Herbert. We saw him, you know, take that hard hit in the previous game and, and come back and throw a few good throws and put up an admirable effort and, you know, versus the Chiefs. And it was great. Fine. Now rest him. Chill out. And I don't know what to do about starting him this week. Just like 
I don't know what to do about starting Tua, and he has the Thursday night football matchup. Yeah, uh, quickly on Herbert, too. I mean, from an NFL perspective, a lot of people picked them. A lot of people in this network picked the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Um, and the way, you know, with Herbert being injured and rushing him back in or leaving in a game that was blown out, that's just only going to make things harder for that because this this injury could linger. And then in terms of fantasy, obviously, his performance is going to suffer. And then plus all the guys around him with, you know, it's, it's Eckler and it's Mike Williams and it's Keenan Allen, who I know wants to come back from injury. So you don't want to put a quarterback in in a game that's completely lost uh, and just make the injury that he has a lot worse because, I mean, there's no doubt about it that he definitely has – he shouldn't have played at all. Um, and then, yeah, with, with two and this this quick turnaround, this quick week for them on Thursday, and now they're saying – I mean, so he clearly must have had some sort of head injury, and then you're adding an ankle and a back injury there too. Uh, I wouldn't feel great about it. I know Mike McDaniels was talking about it this morning, saying that, like, they're trying to do everything they can to let him play, but – I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I guess he came back in the game, so you feel okay about it, but I, I don't think that's a healthy quarterback. Yeah, so be careful when you're placing your, your wagers on this game. Um, I noticed that props are slow to come out. We've got a few for the Bengals. I've also noticed, though, that T. Higgins was on the injury report with the toe thing. Hopefully that's no big deal. Obviously, Xavier Howard's going to be all over Jamar Chase. I'm kind of staying away from those props. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of hesitant on this Thursday game right now. And the Thursday starts, I think you start your Bengals because the dolphins have surrendered the second most passing yards to a poison quarterbacks and, I, and you start Joe Burrow on the other side. I mean, I don't know how you're not starting Waddle and Hill. Um, but at the same time, I don't feel super great about this one. So as far as wagering, I might stay kind of at arm's length from that one. Not that we want to discourage anyone from wagering. Um, but Wait till the last minute to make your decisions. Definitely wait till the last minute. You want all the info. Um, yeah, the quarterback position, let me read to you who the top 10 quarterbacks are right now. It's Lamar Jackson. He has his own tier. Lamar Jackson is in his own world, probably sitting in his back room, counting up the money he's going to get on his next current contract because he is so Aaron Judge right now, right? He is just like Aaron Judge. He's like, look, you made me an offer. I didn't like it. I said, I'm going to wait. And now I'm going to show you. So Aaron Judge and Lamar Jackson, those two get together. Maybe they should rep each other, like be each other's agents because they are showing everybody contract year. Phenomenal passing. He leads the league in passing touchdowns with 10. He has more passing touchdowns than the entire Indianapolis Colts team. My apologies, Megan Gailey, but it's true. (laughs) Um, next up, Josh Allen, who is phenomenal, but he's nearly 20 points behind Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's truly phenomenal. Jalen Hurts right after that. Patrick Mahomes coming in at number four. Then Tua. Then Carson Wentz, despite a total stink bomb on Sunday. That's how good he was through the first two games. Unbelievable. Kyler Murray, all the stats are terrible. He can't complete a deep ball. Like all this stuff, he's still for fantasy number seven. This is why we have to like draw the line between real football and fantasy and like figure out how you win your fantasy teams. Number eight, Justin Herbert, despite the total stinker on Sunday, still number eight. Number nine, Joe Burrow, even with the picks, even with the sacks. And number 10, Trevor Lawrence. But probably most interesting, I want to talk for a second about Jacoby Brissett. You're like, why? What is, do you want people to turn off the podcast? I'm kind of interested in Jacoby Brissett for this week if you're streaming. And there's a few reasons why. First of all, Jacoby Brissett has more fantasy points through this point of the season than Tom Brady, than Aaron Rodgers, than Matt Stafford. Um, you know, it's it's getting a little silly how some of these, than Russ Wilson, these QBs are underperforming. 
But Brissett, since he's connected with Amari Cooper, has played really clean football. And he's being so much, he's so much better for the Browns than we expected. And because they're also worried about Chubb, it opens things up a little bit for him. So on 102 pass attempts, he's thrown only one pick. Well, this week he gets an Atlanta team that has surrendered the fifth most passing yards, the second most passing touchdowns, and an average of 19 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And you might laugh at that, but right now 19 fantasy points from a quarterback is kind of a big deal because that's how bad the position is. So if you're looking for a streamer, if you lost Mac Jones, you're still streaming Dak, I'm not opposed to Jacoby Brissett because some of you are in leagues that are that deep that you have to dig that deep. I've, I think the Jacoby said streaming play is a great one. Uh, his last two games were very, very good. Like you mentioned, too, the Falcons uh, passed even not great at all. And I think the benefit of playing with somebody like Nick Chubb, who, you know, right now, number one, he like defenses are now going to be like, oh, we can't let Chubb beat us. Let yep. Brissett beat us. Makes it a lot easier for Brissett because he's going to have you know more single coverage receivers or, or tight ends. And it's just going to be a way, way open secondary because everyone's stuffing the box to the Chubb. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely shocked that Brissett's playing pretty well because I knew how good the run game would be for the Browns. Um, and I definitely think this week, like if you need a quarterback versus Atlanta Falcons, uh, both teams will score, I think, a fair amount of points in this one. I, I do like Brissett. Now, if you have Russell Wilson, like I do, in multiple leagues, it's been pretty painful. Um, and I would encourage you to go out and make an offer to trade for Russell Wilson. I hope this doesn't come back to bite me. But one of the things that's starting to develop is this clear chemistry with Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton went off for fantasy managers this week. And that deep ball connection is beautiful. And eventually, this has to turn around. And the Russell Wilson owner is so frustrated right now. I feel like you might be able to buy low on Russell Wilson. So I'm interested in in targeting him. I'm also interested, believe it or not, there could be people panicking about Justin Jefferson. Um, two stink bombs in a row. I mean, really bad. Um, I don't think there's no way that continues, but it's possible that you might be able to, to get some movement there. Uh, Alvin Kamara is another one. He, uh, just doesn't look right. I would say don't trade for him, but what I would do is if I was the Kamara manager, he has a really good matchup this week. If he shows off this week, I would trade him immediately after for someone that desperately needs a running back. Yeah, to to jump in on a few of those notes. I mean, the thing with Kamara, I do I do have him in one league. It's uh, the the five catches only through you know three weeks. He's not he's not checking down. That's yeah. Uh, the, James just does not look to him. I know there was one. I believe one throw last week. Um, he did intend to throw Kamara in the end zone, um, incomplete pass. So like, you know, he does look for me here to like there, but it's five, I would, through three weeks, I thought he had five catches a game, like let alone five catches total. Um, that's been a, a frustrating thing back to the, the, the Broncos real quick. And the, I'm with you on the trade Russell Wilson, because I would not be shocked if week one versus Seahawks at, at, you know, in Seattle when Russ had like 340 yards, touchdown pass, his QB rating was over 100. Like, I would not be shocked if that was his best or nearly his best performance of the entire season. Like, I just don't have any faith in Hackett. Uh, he clearly, after the first week where J- Jerry Judy had the touchdown catch, he's just not looking his way anymore. I don't really no, like so you would trade him away. I'm saying trade for him. I'm saying oh, you're go saying get by, him. You're, you're saying buy low. Sorry, and, and I'm saying get him low because I think the the owner is so frustrated, like he's like close to dropping him. 
Yeah. And you don't want him to go back on waivers. Just buy low because I think that I think he will be better. I don't think he can be this bad. I really don't. And the the Cortland Sutton connection. And one of these days he's going to pop off for a huge game and people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. He just had, you know, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. I don't and, think it's next week. And I think what's what's aiding them a bit is the fact that they are two and one. They are like you know they are leading the AFC West somehow because obviously well, the, the injuries to Herbert. Obviously, so that we're talking about that a bit ago, and the the Chiefs do uh, lose to the the Colts, but I, I still expect the Chiefs to, to win the division. And the Raiders oh, who yeah. are a pretty solid team, having just a rough start, losing like three games by a total of like six point whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> so I, I I don't know. I just I the Hackett scares me as a coach, and I just think that Russ like I don't, I don't think Russ is playing poorly but i just think that something is not clicking there uh but uh you know I, look he's has a track record he could be a guy that makes me look like an idiot for saying uh don't get in the rest of the way they have the weapons it should make sense that he should be good but something about that denver team but just it's not right i hear what you're saying um i'm sticking with Russ. i'm not taking out my lineups yet so you guys can laugh at me um but i'm sticking a little longer um, let's move to the running back position because we need to talk about it a lot. There are major injuries at the running back position. This is why we say take the handcuff. Of course, right now it doesn't seem exciting to start running backs at all because they've been so abysmal this year. But number one, uh, DeAndre Swift probably out until at least w- week six added a shoulder injury to his um, ankle injury. So obviously Jamal Williams is a priority pickup on your waiver wire. Look, he already had the goal line role. So he had four touchdowns to DeAndre Swift's single touchdown so far this year. And he had 30.7% of the carries as opposed to DeAndre Swift's 23. So he already was getting line share of the work. They have Seattle this week who has surrendered the most yards to opposing running backs. And if you're in a really, really deep league, you could even take a stab at Craig Reynolds because that's how bad the Seahawks are. Um, so, you know, again, what is the game total here last? Oh, it's 50. Mm-hmm. So it's the second highest of the week. So there should be points to go around. Jamal Williams, a big target there. Um, if he's available next biggest target. Okay. This one was so frustrating, right? Cause for player props and for your lineups, like we all knew it was like David Montgomery. This is a smash spot for David Montgomery versus the Houston Texans. Cause they're so bad versus the run. And then we basically saw him leave with an ankle injury just in time for Khalil Herbert to pick up all the fantasy goodness. So 169 yards, two touchdowns on 22 touches. And even more interesting, he ran 67% of the routes after Monty left the game. That's the third most amongst running backs. And this week, he gets the giant, your giants, Eddie, Mm -hmm. who are generous to running backs. I think that's a great play. I think, uh, as we saw in the game Monday night, the Giants linebacking core is just absolutely brutal. Uh, I also think what helped Dallas last week, I'm not sure of his status right now, but no Leonard Williams for the Giants in the middle. That really hurts things a lot on their D line, but because they're, they're, you know, linebacking core is not great. Obviously, the, the, subtraction of Blake Martinez. So I I think Khalil Herbert could have a pretty good game um, versus the Giants on the ground there. Uh, Most running backs have so far this year. And, you know, Wink Martindale's defense is pretty boom or bust. So he's going to be sending a lot. And if you can find a way on a draw to slip through, um, it could cause trouble. And Khalil Herbert's available in about 51% of fantasy leagues. So there is a possibility there. And then finally, we've got um, Dalvin Cook out. Mm-hmm. Yet again. Now, hopefully, if you drafted Dalvin Cook, you knew to get his handcuff. And a lot of people just drafted this guy anyway, uh, because every time he goes in for Dalvin Cook, uh, 
and there's been six games. He started with no Dalvin Cook, knowing he's taking the role. He has averaged 20 fantasy points per game. And that leads us to the serenade of the week. Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison. There's a hundred yards he hasn't run. Just you wait. Just you wait. That's, I cannot get it out of my head. Every time. Every single time. But it is a tough matchup this week. So it's not the greatest, greatest, but Madison should be on your priority list. Yeah. I mean, like, we're, I, I think, you know, I do expect Justin Jefferson to have better games, but I do think everyone got, got like, super into Kirk Cousins pretty quickly. Um, I do think the team will be more balanced going forward. I know the the, the injury to Dalvin Cook does stink, but uh, Madison has shown before that he could do it. And I, I do think that they'll have to take advantage of, I guess, more of the defenses kind of making sure that Justin Jefferson's double, if not triple covered, which then makes things easier for the running back. So I do think that's a good play and, and it should be, uh, you know, pretty easy for the running back on the Minnesota going forward. Yeah. So running backs, you know, get those, um, get those handcuffs uh, sewn up. Couple other interesting guys, you know, Samaj P. Ryan, someone you might want to be speculative on. Maybe even Justice Hill. Uh, he actually looked better than J.K. Dobbins. They kind of split carries, but I do think just J.K. Dobbins will take over that role. But if you're just trying to be speculative, all right, moving on to the wide receiver position. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the, the wide receivers for this week were just. A bunch of rookies, uh, Chris Olave, uh, Romeo Dubs, you know, they're phenomenal. We weren't expecting it maybe because our expectations were low. And then a bunch of people we never thought would be good, you know, a Christian Kirk, mm-hmm. a Zay Jones, a Mac Hollins. What? What? Um, so there's a lot of wide receivers out there on the waiver wire. Um, I talked about Zay Jones already. I think he's a, a top claim for this week. Obviously, Chris Olave, if he's available now, like Michael Thomas is injured again. Jarvis Landry is injured. He's just going to soak up everything. Do you have Olave anywhere? Uh, I don't have Olave anywhere, and I wish I did. Uh, I, I The one I do have that I'm pretty happy with in ter- terms of rookie wide receivers is Drake London, um, You know who was mm-hmm. the first receiver taken. It is pretty crazy, too, Jen, because usually you know rookie mm-hmm. uh, receivers don't translate super quickly. But, I mean, Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Brooks had some nice moments here and there. Pickens obviously had the, the great catch he made. Uh, you know, John Dotson has scored. Like, uh, Dobbs, like you said, on, on Green Bay. Like, there are so many – effective rookie wide receiver. So basically if your draft strategy was, especially in leagues, you can keep guys or whatever, you know, dynasty league, you want to get the young receiver. Um, this is a really good year to do so. It was, um, Romeo dubs and we're calling him dubs. Cause he got the dub for green Bay. Uh, didn't play as many snaps as Alan Lazard. Lazard is still the guy that is on the field more often, and I don't know if Romeo Dubs can remember all 131 players taken ahead of him, but he played that way on Sunday, catching eight of his eight passes for 73 yards and a touchdown. And he was the guy that Aaron Rodgers was looking for. Now, I don't know if this is going to stick, but Sammy Watkins is on the IR. Christian Watson's banged up and there's just limited receivers there for A-Rod. So if Aaron Rodgers is going to get better and he will, Romeo Dubs is probably a part of that, and he's available in 75% of leagues. Yeah, I mean, uh, I knew Rodgers, you know, he's done this every time there's been a new, like, wave of pe- like people on his, his roster. They never, besides Devontae Adams, he was never really gifted 
a top super high end receiver. He kind of created these guys. And I knew after the the struggles he saw, we won. He's like, we well, you know I'm going to play the same way. I knew it was just a matter of time until he gets some sort of rhythm with these guys. And it goes back to what we said, you know, with the lack of them playing in the preseason and stuff like that, I think it just with time, they'll get a lot better. So uh, I do think the Packers are a very good team. They will be, you know, despite having the great running attack, I do think Rogers will still, um, he'll still be throwing the ball in the 30, 35 times a game range. And I, I still think that, you know, these receivers, somebody has to be the best beneficiary of those targets and I, I think if you have him on your roster uh the rookie receiver I think you'd be pretty happy Greg Dortch is someone that you may actually want to consider it sounds weird and I wasn't buying into it at, per- at first but I kind of went and I dug into it uh, certainly as long as DeAndre Hopkins is out He's now put up three games in a row of double-digit PPR points, so we can't really ignore it. He has an 87% catch rate, which is the best of all Cardinals wide receivers, and 8.71 yards per target, which also, sadly, leads all Arizona receivers. He's played the same amount of snaps as Zach Ertz, about 80%, which is only behind Hollywood Brown. And Arizona's logged the second-most pass attempts on the season behind only the New York Jets. So until Hopkins is back... Dorch is probably someone you can stream. I love that. Um, you know, number one, James Conner has been pretty brutal for them, not running the ball a ton. Uh, and, you know, Kyler's what now, three and 63 on uh, Call of Duty double XP weekends. So they're not going to be winning games. Uh, it doesn't seem like my pick of them winning the, going to the Super Bowl was pretty bad. And if they're going to keep losing and being down, they're going to throw the ball a ton. And, we, you know, we see what happens with Kyler just scrambling around back there and making just plays – uh, really improvising out there. So I think the more Cardinals receivers you have, I think the better because there'll be a lot of shootout games, a lot of games, but trying to get some garbage time points. And um, it just seems like they cannot run the ball. James Conner, all that magic he had last year, the touchdowns, not really translating. And yeah, I mean, totally right. When, when John Drew Hopkins comes back, he is the guy, but I think right now, at least uh, you know, doing a good job of, you know, spreading the, the ball around that. I think they're a team that uh, unfortunately may not be as good as we, we thought. I am also slightly interested in Matt Collins. Do not break your fab budget bank for him, but he might be worth adding if you have the room, if it's not expensive. He had more fantasy points in week three than Joe Mixon, Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, and Darren Waller combined. (laughs) Combined. Um, so it's obviously had a lot to do with the fact that Hunter Renfro is out, but as long as Hunter Renfro is out and people are worried about stopping Devonte Adams, Matt Collins is there and he soaked up eight catches, 158 yards and a touchdown. He led all wide receivers for the Raiders in yards for the second week in a row. But what's really interesting is he's played 92% of the snaps across the past two games. So he is someone to keep an eye on. Again, I don't know how long this is going to last, but he's available in 98% of leagues. And if you're in a deep league, he's certainly worth speculation. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm as pro Derek Carr as you could be. I know again, zero and three start, and people start to blame him for that. Um, I think he's having you know an okay season so far, um, and and he's a guy that he, he does do a good job of spreading the ball. And people were kind of shy about J- uh, Jacobs going into the season, and they're going to be a pass first team, obviously with the amount of pass catches they have, they're super high end. But um, 
I, I know. I just think they're going to be again a similar situation as the Cardinals, like a team. There's their own three. They need to win these games. If they're giving up points, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot in the fourth quarter. Then I could just you know sit down the ball and take the air out of it if they're up. So I, any pass guys you can get on a quarterback who's throwing the ball a ton, I, I like that a lot. So I, I do think the Raiders will are probably better than their record shows, and I think Carr um, shouldn't be crushed as much. But I, I do like uh, any Raiders pass catcher. Some other wide receivers to look at if they're available. Tyler Boyd, obviously, if he's available, you want to grab him. Uh, especially now, maybe T. Higgins has a toe thing. I don't know. Uh, Russell Gage, Isaiah McKenzie, K.J. Osborne, Noah Brown, Alec Pierce, who looked good in his first game back. And Matt Ryan looked much better, too. He's actually very streamable this week with the matchup versus the Titans, who've been extremely generous to opposing quarterbacks, um, Michael Gallup and Josh Reynolds. So those are some wide receivers. Let's go finally to the tight end position, kind of wrap up all the position by positions. Um, Eddie, do you want to wax poetic at all about Mark Andrews and how amazing he is? It's, it's really insane how one guy – could be just so much the percentage of the offense and like you we all everyone on the earth knew it going in it's like look the Ravens are a run first team probably led by Lamar with Lamar's super high rush totals they had on, on you know Caesar Sportsbook and stuff like that in your 900 yards whatever you know they're gonna run the ball especially with the injury of J.K. Dobbins if he's gonna throw the ball it's gonna be to one guy and his name is Mark Andrews and still nobody no defenses have, have figured out how to stop that and they're getting a little bit more creative with it and again this goes to Lamar's ability to improvise and his feet getting him out of bad situations I know they've had some Bonnie Stanley still out so some uh, O-line have been banged up um, and it's it's remarkable what they've done and I don't have an answer as to why the Ravens did not give him any money that he wanted it should be a blank check he is the, the right now the MVP front runner uh, he was already won an MVP, and Mark Andrews is really helping that that case by being as good as they come. I know he was what tight end two coming in this year. You're probably not kicking yourself if you took Kelsey because he's having a fine season as well. But um, I think Mark Andrews is is just shocking how good he's been, especially knowing that you could game plan to stop him, and they don't. Mark Andrews has a 36 and a half percent target share for the Ravens, and he has a 40 four zero percent. Air yard share, targeted air yards. That is insane for the tight end position. So if you have Mark Andrews so far, that has paid off because it's such a scarce position. You've given yourself such an advantage. Congratulations if you have Mark Andrews. I hope you built a great team around him. It's always scary to take a tight end early, but he was worth the spend up. A couple of guys you could probably pick up on the wire this week. Number one, David Njoku. If you had him in your lineup on Thursday, you were pretty darn happy about it. Uh, nine catches, 89 yards, and a score. The thing about Najoku is he's probably only going to go off once in a while because as we've talked about, this this Browns offense has only so much of a ceiling. They're a little bit more of a you know clock-grinding run team with a good defense, but he's on the field for 90% of the snaps, and that kind of sets you up for a decent floor. He's also run the fourth most routes among tight ends this year, and he's tied with Travis Kelsey and Tyler Conklin for the fourth most targets after three three games. And Tyler Conklin is the other guy, of course, you may want to consider logging double-digit PPR points in each of his first three games. Yeah, another tight end that I was looking at, too, to pick up and streaming uh, uh, for certain teams just because of the injuries to Dalton Schultz I have a lot of shares of. Um, but uh, Will Disley, I mean, still two touchdowns, eight catches. I know the Seahawks aren't blowing anyone out of the water, and Geno, after his kind of week one 
you know, a little, uh, you know, highlight really had it. It's, it's a, a guy that you don't feel great about playing, but wouldn't be shocked. There's a touchdown uh, pass there, but I, I've had a tough time this year figuring out tight end because there've been uh, injuries and just underwhelming play across the board. And I haven't got a chance to get any of those top guys, like we're saying with Kelsey and Andrews. Um, but I, it, you know, it does seem like the one position that we talked about that you could stream week to week uh, still could be tight end. Evan Ingram was actually not a bad call for us last week because he, he got a ball in the end zone too, and, and they, I was like, "Oh wow, yeah. he actually called this one. He was going to score." And they, uh, they yeah, called they it, and then it got it. taken back. Yeah. It was like, oh, so frustrating. But I'm still in on Evan Ingram. He's just got a big part of that that passing game, which is apparently very useful for fantasy, is what we're finding. We'll see this week again. Tough matchup, but. Yes. Um, so that's kind of our waiver wire breakdown. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We have so much we can talk about, but one of the things I want to do is, first of all, remind everybody to go to extrapoint.com slash arcade and play our pick'em contest because you can pick each of these games on Sunday and compete with us. And if you win, you win $100. I think this week I went 8, 6, and 1 mm-hmm. on picks. Not my best, not my worst, but we're finally starting to kind of figure out what's going on here. Uh, the winner of our Pick'em contest this week got 13 right. Samuel Johnson, congrats, Samuel Johnson. I guess you're getting a $100 check. Pretty good. Maybe a $100 Visa card. I don't know. Actually, do do I think that? that because Sal won the week prior, so I think Sal, uh, being as generous guy as he is, is giving up his 100 So I think Sam... Uh, is going to get two hundred dollars. So congrats, Whoa. Sam. Yeah, he he was the lucky beneficiary of Sal winning. Yeah, but thirteen, right? That very impressive. And uh, the winner of our prop quiz, who gets a golden hat, was Matt Maraconda. I hope I said your name right, Matt. But you're getting a golden hat, so we're jealous. We don't have one, Eddie and I, not yet. <sighs> Keep reminding me. Yeah, I, I've been stinking at those. I've been, I've been struggling mightily with the pick them and with the prop quiz. Yeah, they're tricky. Um, so you want to go? You want to go check that out for sure. And now it's time for our mailbag, Eddie. You guys know that if you ever have a question you want answered on the pod, you can shoot them over to us. We did have a few questions come in this morning, so let's take them now. Eddie, do you have them queued up? Yeah, I do. Um, let's start them up here with uh, Brian Ogeron asking, um, "Who do you like long term?" Uh, we're just talking about him, Romeo Dubs or Jahan Dotson. It's really hard. This one's a really hard one. But long term, I actually think I prefer Dotson. Um, 
because I feel like he has a more guaranteed role in the offense. I'm just nervous about how Rodgers is going to be playing favorites. And once Watson's back, once Watkins is back, actually, um, Tanyan, I think, is actually running more routes than we expected. And he's going to be involved. So, And Lazard will get more involved, too. So Jahan Dotson, so, so talented. Um, so long-term, I actually... And I'm assuming we're also talking, you know, later into the season and maybe in the future for Keeper League. I I like Dotson. Yeah. I mean, I'd agree with you, too. I mean, obviously, Rodgers, the better quarterback, whether who is playing quarterback for yes. for That's what DC. makes it hard. <laughs> but uh, also, you got to look at it, too, in terms of, like, you know, the NFL world where they took the, they took Dotson in the first round. They have to feature him. They want to be make him part of the offense, too. But uh, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is at least going to be there for a few more years. So, whenever, who knows? Um, number, question number two, El Tiburon Tibbs is asking us, is Allen Robinson worth a roster spot in a 10-team league? Nope. So sorry. <laughs> But no, there are so many receivers I'd rather have. Chris Olave is one of them. Um, and I love Allen Robinson, but you can pick him back up. He's not worth holding on right now. Um, Matt Stafford, it, it's just no. No, yep. sadly. Um, especially a 10-team league. Although not I, in a 10-teamer. I, if we were talking 12-14, totally sure. different conversation. Sure. Yeah, especially with Van Jefferson going down. I wouldn't be shocked if, like, the week you drop him is, like, when A-Rod has, like, two touchdowns or something like that. Um, Andrew Gifford is asking us, should I trade for Austin Eckler or Leonard Fournette for Tyreek Hill? I think I would, if you could actually do that. Because we can probably find running backs for you to stream, and Tyreek Hill is, what, the wide receiver seven right now in the season? Um, we can probably stream your way through the running backs because that's how poor it's been. And I'm assuming that if you, since you said, or if you trade Austin Eckler, you'll still have Fournette. If you trade Fournette, you'll still have Austin Eckler. So the thing about Austin Eckler is he's not going to get those touchdowns like he did last year. That was an anomaly. Uh, he was probably going too early in drafts, going up at number one sometimes, sometimes number two, um, sometimes number three, just depending on your league. Um, I would probably, but he is being still used in the receiving game. But now with Justin Herbert out, I mean, I don't know. Right. Are they going to use him more or not? That's. I think I would trade. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I'm in agreement with you. Too. I, it's like we talked about before. If Herbert has this injury that's lingering all year long and he's not the same, it just changed everything with the Chargers team. Whereas I feel like if two, I know two did get banged up and it was still a very weird scenario. But if Tua does play Thursday, you're kind of in the clear, I, I think, in terms of his injury. And, you know, in terms of, you know, Dave loves bringing up the Jenga pieces of the NFL. I think Tyree Kill could be the top, you know, an offensive Jenga piece. He, you, you inject him into a Dolphins offense and changes everything completely. And yes, I know Mike McDaniel, new head coach, but Tyree Kill's been awesome. So I think if you have any chance to get him, I definitely go after him. He's the wide receiver five on the season. Yeah, I am corrected. Better. Christian Kirk is the six. Amon Ross St. Brown, number four. We love that guy. Um, all right, moving on. Any more Yes, questions? I believe we have one more trade. Um, here we go. Timothy Miller is asking, would you trade Pittman for Keenan Allen and Tony Pollard? Full PPR. Would you trade Pittman for Keenan Allen and Tony Pollard? If I needed a running back, then Yes. And because Pollard, I think, is going to work his way into a big enough role that you can play him at running back at a thin position. And I think Keenan Allen will be back and soak up a lot of targets. Um, so if you need a running back, yes, if you're just 
thinking this is just kind of a better deal in general and you don't have a need, then no, because now you have two players that you're not sure are a lock to start, whereas Pittman is always a lock to start. So if you have tons of wide receivers and you want to kind of get a you know a good wide receiver back plus some running back option, then yes. And I, I think that's that's all. Uh, thank you, folks, for writing in. And as long as you tag extra points or Jen, we'll be able to, to track them down and uh, we'll answer them live on the show. Oh, we, we actually uh, late break and we have one one just came oh. in a minute ago. Um, awesome. Chick Devono says uh, they have Jerry Judy and I'm considering dropping him for Zay Jones. Who we just talked about as I have Trevor Lawrence. I also have Russell Wilson. I'm on the fence as the rest of my wide receivers are Stephon Diggs, T Higgins, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Olave, Garrett and Samuel with Hopkins stash. So do I drop Judy? It's quite some team. I would not drop Judy. That is a great question. You have both quarterbacks. Um, your other wide receivers are so incredibly stacked um, that I would hold on for Judy and being able to connect Russ and Judy. Zay Jones, really, really good. I like him. But again, we're still early with, with the Jaguars. We think we see a trend. Um, I would stick with Judy. I feel the temptation. But you're good on wide receiver. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's some core right there. Uh, and I hope as a person that has Judy on a team, I hope that he uh, does play a lot better. So, but as I was saying, yes, please uh, keep extra points on Twitter or just tag Jen. We'll track them down, answer the questions for the mailbag segment. So thank you. Those who do that. Thank you for those who do that. We love being here with you guys on waiver wired. We hope that you're winning your fantasy football teams. Besides asking us questions, if you guys ever want to tweet us and let us know how awesome your teams are and how dominant they are, we like to share in the joy with you. Um, it's so much fun. You know, this week, last week I went on Sirius XM. I got trash talked by Lindsay Rhodes because I lost her in the Scott Fishbowl last week. This week I was like, are you sure you want to give me this trash talk? This week I put her in her place. So sorry, Lindsay, you went down in the ladies league. Um, sorry. Yeah, we could always use trash talk. The more, the better. And if your team is doing great, and especially like if you listen to us in the offseason and you're like, oh, I listened to everything you said, Jen, and I drafted a perfect team and I'm 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, let us know. That'd be great. Yeah, let us know that too because we need some validation. Yeah. We're insecure. Yeah. <laughs> I am in my head. I'm mentally like checking off things that we have said that have come true. I know. Like, we always uh, are. Guys, when we make them, like if we're wrong, you know, we, we feel guilty. We feel terrible if we give you bad advice. It's like hard to sleep actually sometimes. So we try to do our very best. So just remember there's a lot of luck involved. And uh, even if you started 0-3, there's still plenty of time to turn this season around. We're starting to get some real data here. We're starting to figure out things, figure out patterns. We can see route data. We can see snap counts. We can see trends. We can see how people are connecting. We can see coaching and how that's affecting the team. So we're getting there. We're getting there, guys. And we're going to continue to get better and better as the seasons go along. Anyone who started 0-3, we're turning the ship around this week. Week four is when it changes. That's what you tell your team. Talk to your players, guys. Be a coach. Yell at him. Tell Darnell Mooney <laughs> to figure out how to get Justin Fields to throw him the ball because if he doesn't this week, he's on the drop list. Um, it worked for Kyle Pitts. We gave a pep talk to Kyle Pitts, and that worked out. So yeah. it can happen. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, it's been great. Eddie, any final parting words? You know, uh, I, I do, just to go off what you were just saying, I do think uh, as we get 
further into the NFL season, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks in, like don't panic or panic trade, panic drop players. I think offenses in general have been kind of shaky. Yeah. And I think that is because like we've said before, the lack of preseason or players, you know, not playing, whatever it, it may be. And I think you'll start to see offenses kind of figure things out more uh, mid season. So, so don't, don't panic and do something stupid on your, and mess up your fantasy team. Things will, find a way to correct themselves. It's a very long 17-week NFL season, so uh, it's only three weeks in. You'll, you'll be okay. No rage dropping. Yes. Unless it's Justin Jefferson and I'm in your league. All right, guys. We will catch you next week. Enjoy the football.